This is the Environmental Integrity Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pelton. Ann Rolfus is a public health advocate in Louisiana who has been targeted by the state's powerful chemical industry and labeled a terrorist by the Baton Rouge Police Department. But before we get to all that, let's let her introduce herself in her own words. I'm the director of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, and we work with people who live along a region here in Louisiana known as Cancer Alley. That's a concentration of oil refineries and chemical plants where the pollution is is so severe that it has given people terrible health problems, among them cancer. In case you're wondering, the name Bucket Brigade, which Rolfus has been leading for 20 years, refers to portable air pollution monitors called buckets that she and her colleagues help local residents set up near oil refineries and chemical plants to detect toxic emissions that leak beyond factory fence lines into nearby homes. The biggest fight the Bucket Brigade is involved with these days is 60 miles west of New Orleans, where a Taiwanese company called Formosa Plastics is proposing to build a $9 billion plastics plant. Formosa Plastics is proposed for the African-American community of St. James, Louisiana. So that's in South Louisiana, and it would be the largest plastics plant in North America to give people a sense of the size and the scope. It's a huge, it's a monster. And another way to to measure its size is that it is the largest proposed new source of greenhouse gases in the country. So it would be an enormous source of carbon pollution. And the irony is that, of course, we're here in South Louisiana and we're already sinking into the Gulf of Mexico. The plastics plant has political backing from the highest levels of Louisiana state government, including from Governor John Bell Edwards. This major capital investment will create 1,200 new direct permanent jobs. Uh, Beyond the boundaries of this ethylene complex, we estimate 8,000 new permanent indirect jobs. It is unclear, however, how solid those numbers are and how many of the jobs would go to the local community. What is clear, however, is that an air pollution permit approved by the state would allow the plant to release 342 tons per year of microscopic soot-like particles that can trigger asthma and heart attacks, as well as 1,600 tons per year of volatile organic compounds which contribute to smog, among other pollutants that threaten local health. None of those numbers were mentioned by the governor or Formosa Petrochemical Corp. Vice President K.N. Lin when they announced the project. We expect that this will help our company to grow and also more important is uh, we think that uh, it's a very nice place for we to make the investment. That very nice place for an investment happens to be a former plantation site on the Mississippi River that contains an historic burial ground for slaves. Formosa Plastic fought in court to try to stop local African-American residents from holding a Juneteenth celebration to honor their ancestors at the burial ground. Here's Ann Rolfus again. If this facility were to move in, it would be the end of that community. And something that's very relevant is that it's a historic African-American community. There's a free town there founded by enslaved people who fought for and won their emancipation. And so 
it's this historic community that would be wiped off the face of the earth if Formosa Plastics is built. And in this moment in this country's history, it's an especially bad time to move forward with an idea like this. On June 18th, 2020, a Louisiana court issued a decision allowing the community's graveyard celebration to proceed at the Formosa site. The next day, Rolfus's attorney received a call from the Baton Rouge Police Department with some shocking news. The police had a warrant for the arrest of Ann Rolfus and another activist. The warrant was based on a complaint from a plastics industry lobbyist who may have been upset by the court decision. The factual basis for the arrest was this, according to the arrest warrant. About six months earlier, on December 11th, Rolfus and her allies organized a Plastic Pollution Awareness Day that included a press conference and speeches outside the offices of the Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality. As part of their demonstration, the protesters showed the state agency boxes of plastic waste pellets that the company had dumped from one of its factories in Port Comfort, Texas, into a bay off of the Gulf of Mexico. The waste was used as evidence in a lawsuit that resulted in a $50 million penalty against the company for water pollution violations. Rolfus and her colleague also delivered a box of those plastic pellets to the homes of plastics industry lobbyists who supported the Formosa project in Louisiana, according to the New Orleans Times-Picayune. The lobbyists included Greg Bowser, president of the Louisiana Chemical Association, the newspaper indicated. Here's Ann Rolfus again. We felt that it's important for the people in this state who are ushering this deadly plant in to actually see some of the evidence from Texas. We felt that the lobbyists, too, needed to see what this evidence looked like, and so we made deliveries. The police, working with the plastics lobbyist, did not charge the environmental activists with trespassing or some other misdemeanor. They charged them with terrorism, a felony that carries a prison sentence of up to 15 years. Well, the word terrorism has a shock value to it, as does the word felony. And so if their intent is to scare, harass, intimidate, and silence you, what better way to do that than by having the most intense sounding charge? And terrorism sounds terrible, so does felony. And so again, it's a page from their playbook. They want us to be quiet and just let this big plastics plant go in. The police department and the lobbyist declined to be interviewed for this program. But according to a copy of the arrest warrant, the police claimed that the lobbyist could have been frightened or potentially terrorized by a note left atop the package that said the pellets should not be consumed by children or pets, and so therefore were hazardous. Louisiana state law concerning, quote, terrorizing, says that, quote, terrorizing is the intentional communication of information that the commission of a crime of violence is imminent or in progress, or that a circumstance dangerous to human life exists or is about to exist, with the intent of causing members of the general public to be in sustained fear for their safety, or causing evacuation of a building, unquote. None of these circumstances appear to apply in the Ann Rolfus case. No buildings were evacuated, no crime of violence was threatened or happened, and there was nothing threatening about the note she left on top of the box of plastic, which said, quote, Disclaimer of contents. Do not remove plastic from bags. 
Do not leave around children or pets. Recycle responsibly, unquote. It's an abuse of the law to claim that that by leaving a box of their own product on their doorstep, we are somehow the bad guys. It's ridiculous and it's wrong. Rolfus even included her attorney's name and phone number on the note. If you're worried about being caught, you don't leave your phone number, and, and we left our phone number. She spent about a day in jail. She and her colleague, Kate McIntosh, had to come up with $1,300 cash to post bond so they could be freed until their trial. Rolfa said the time behind bars in a crowded cell was terrible, in part because of fears of the coronavirus. We were in there in close quarters, and so they very consciously had us arrested during the time of a pandemic in which COVID is raging in the jail population. And, and so that's who we're dealing with, right? The petrochemical industry and Formosa's revenge to throw us in jail during the time of coronavirus. I mean, that's pretty reprehensible. Her lawyer is Pam Spees, senior staff attorney at the Center for Constitutional Rights. This charge is so outrageous. We're confident we're going to get it dismissed before it goes anywhere. And even worst case scenario, if this has to ever be tried in front of a jury, that'll be interesting. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that I don't see any jury being able to convict. Mary Green is deputy director of the Environmental Integrity Project, one of more than 40 environmental organizations that issued statements condemning the arrest of Ann Rolfus. These charges are outrageous. They're un-American, and they set a dangerous and chilling precedent. The Baton Rouge Police Department should drop these charges, and they should apologize to Ms. Rolfs and Ms. McIntosh. Criminalizing the constitutional right to peaceful protest, that is an alarming development and has no place in our democracy. Unfortunately, the encounter with police was not an isolated incident for Ann Rolfus or other activists and demonstrators these days. This is just one in a long series of attacks by the petrochemical industry because last fall, one of our group, a, a pastor, Pastor Manning, was thrown to the ground and thrown in jail for 11 hours for leading a peaceful march along Cancer Alley and then to a lobbyist's office. Uh, Sharon Levine, who's the president of the local group in St. James, Rise St. James, that's working to stop Formosa, she has been visited repeatedly by sheriff's deputies and threatened with arrest. And so now, you know, this arrest and this, this attempt at intimidating my coworker and I you know, claiming that it's terrorism, you know, this is part of a longer pattern of trying to criminalize our protection of our state. To attorney Hina Shamsi of the American Civil Liberties Union and others, the incident was part of a more ominous recent national pattern. Law enforcement and the Trump administration are misusing the criminal justice system to intimidate protesters of all kinds, including those aligned with Black Lives Matter. Here's Shamsi. What we're seeing at the national, state, and sometimes local level is law enforcement and police using vague and overbroad statutes to essentially criminalize protest and dissent. A research organization called the International Center for Not-for-Profit Law has tracked 15 states, including Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and North and South Dakota, that have passed 24 new laws over the last four years. 
imposing harsh penalties on protesters who block traffic or try to slow the construction of oil and gas pipelines. Nick Robinson is an attorney with the International Center. Around the country, you know, we've been seeing activists and demonstrators being targeted by the government. So there's uh, this action that you've discussed in Louisiana. There's these anti-protest bills in the states that are targeting pipeline protesters. We saw, of course, the aggressive tactics by law enforcement during the George Floyd demonstrations. Many of these aggressive actions by authorities have backfired, however. The crackdowns on Black Lives Matter's protests, for example, only created more iPhone videos of more police violence, which inspired more protests in more cities around the world. For Ann Rolfus, her arrest only strengthened her determination not to give up her fight for a healthy environment, no matter what powers are lined up against her. That's their strategy, right? Their strategy certainly is to intimidate and harass you and waste your time. But of course, it also strengthens your resolve. And so I'm not sure that they completely have succeeded in their goals. I certainly am not intimidated into stopping what is my life's work. This has been the Environmental Integrity Podcast, and I'm Tom Pelton. For more information, visit our website at www.environmentalintegrity.org.